Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. The voice of the Dallas Cowboys, Brad Champ. I personally believe that the Cowboys are going to get a long-term deal done with Dak. I I don't think it will happen uh, until I think it's the 9th of March. How about that? You know, Jerry Jones, who is, uh, if nothing else, a tremendous businessman, has always said, uh, don't let your money get mad. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, coming in hot on episode 438 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. Coming in hot with Brad Chan, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys, America's team who called a week ago Friday that Dak Prescott would sign a long-term deal with the Dallas Cowboys, and yesterday he did. How much was it going to be for, Brad? Hmm? Yeah, he didn't get Called that. everything about it. <laughs> Play-by-play guys know everything going on within their team. Just not allowed to say it. Very rarely allowed to say it, actually. So, hi. It's the second half kickoff. RP here. Darren DuPont there. And uh, this is Canada's daytime sports talk show emanating from the bunker out here in Western Canada. What are you smiling about? Nothing. Nothing? No, just, just having a good day. Having a good day. You got day. Oilers colors on today, I might add. It's just Bravo. Sporting you. <laughs> well. Doing my thing. Uh, for those that just joined us, a wonderful debate erupted near the end of hour one coming out of the viewer takeover segment. And it was a question from our friends at Come On Canada, our official betting partner here on the RP show, who have the Leafs favored by 1.5 goals over the Winnipeg Jets tonight at Scotiabank Arena. But they said, if you could go back in time and reverse one trade, what would you reverse? And for me, it was the Gretzky to L.A. trade, August 9th, 1988. And it's brought up a lot of reaction from people. Uh, the voice of the Brandon Weekings, Brandon Crow, is watching. And from what I understand, by the way, all those dubsters are watching over there in the bubble. So, hey, guys, we'll see you on Friday. Thanks for allowing us to entertain you here throughout the day with the sports talk. But Brandon Crow said it could be argued that you, Rod, would not have your beloved Golden Knights if it wasn't for Gretzky going down to Southern California and igniting a love for hockey in Southern California. And Dallas Federchuk, who's a scout of those pesky Wheat Kings, writes in and says, Crozy's right, Rod. Right about what? Let's look at it from the Oilers fan perspective. Now, you were one year old when this was going down. Should we even... Am I boring you by talking about this? No. Did they win any cups after he got traded? Well, one in 1990, but... Right. It's not the Oilers' responsibility to grow the game in the U.S. Sun Belt. I would argue... We'd have been just fine without the Dallas Stars or the Florida Panthers or some of these other teams. Has it grown revenues? Blah, 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 blah. Yes. But can you guys look at it from the Edmonton Oilers' perspective? The franchise really, for the most part, has not been the same since. Getting rid of Wayne Gretzky was ripping the heart out of an organization because Pocklington 
It was Belichick Brady before there was Belichick Brady. That's what it was. And where's the Patriots going? It was Jerry Krause, Michael Jordan. We see it all the time. When Pocklington sat back and said at the news conference, and you definitely wouldn't remember this, but it was at Molson House in Edmonton. He said, Gretzky, he's got, Wayne has an ego the size of Manhattan. <gasps> How dare you say that about Wayne? They're blaming Janet Jones and all that. It was all about Peter Pocklington. So, guys, look at it from an Oilers perspective. That's all. I'm speaking as an Oilers fan. But I'm not an Oilers fan anymore. I was not an Oilers fan after that day. A part of me died that day. But oh, Edmonton people have to continue to cheer for their team. That's, that's what happens. And his trades took a rask. You, you realize that is a flea on the elephant's ass of bad <laughs> trades of all time. <laughs> you know that. It didn't work out. Goaltender went and won a cup. There was some, like, yeah... I'm completely, I'm, 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 what do they say, in a glass elevator of emotion right now, thinking about the Gretzky thing. I know, it's really brought up some, some bad memories. <laughs> yes! Thanks to those, by the way, who are listening online and sending in text messages, not watching on various platforms, nor necessarily um, Game Plus. Randolph Zorro watching says, mine was Rusty Staub getting traded to the Mets. I don't even think I ever forgave the Expos for that trade, even though they did well with it. Donald Mitchell, our Navy friend, says, Peter Puck needed the money. And McNall had a lot of counterfeit stuff to pass around. There was a lot of shady owners back then in the NHL. Wild. <laughs> Wild. Watching that documentary. The King's Ransom? Oh, yeah. I'll equate it to this, but I, I don't want to be a Don Downer today. But it's the whole concept of PTSD, um, feelings. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky being traded was not traumatic for me, but it reminds me of all these calls that I'm on right now regarding to the Bernie Lynch stuff. Um, the victims or families of victims are saying these feelings have all been regurgitated because of the news coverage of what the disgraced junior A coach in Fort Francis, Ontario, and that team are going through. You know, you just, you're skimming along fine, and then something happens, and you're just triggered, and it's brought back until it's actually dealt with. So, yeah, Gretzky being traded is nothing compared to that. But watching King's Ransom brought up all these gross feelings for me that you thought were gone. Right. I can't imagine being an Oiler fan and having that trade happen. I just can't. Like, I can't put myself in that position. No. Like, it's unbelievable. That'd be worse than the, uh, than the Oilers trading McDavid. Yeah. Well, here we go. Here we, it's on. We're in one. Chris Bird in Toronto says, Ricky Ray to the Argonauts. That's a bad one. Imagine being an Edmonton Eskimos fan and thinking about that, which, by the way, Eric Tillman to this day will find a way to defend. Devin's watching in Regina writing on the Prairie Mobile text line. He says, worst trade, Maple Leafs trading a first-round pick for Tom Kerber's pick ended up being Scott Niedermeyer. Awful. That's from Devin. I got a, Do you have a point on that? Well, I got a pet peeve with that. <laughs> Okay. Every time when you trade draft picks and say that they traded this player for that player, I hate that argument. You know, we just brought it up in the break. You know, Clark was talking about the Cleveland Browns trading a draft pick to Atlanta, which ended up being Julio Jones. They could add Julio Jones. And that is so Cleveland to pass on him. But you're only trading that draft pick if you're not planning on picking that guy. Right? So... Draft picks happen all the time. You could talk about all the people that got drafted ahead of Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk, then, and every team sucked the big one, right? So I hate when, when those trades get mentioned because it's, it's draft picks. You have no idea what those prospects are going to turn into. That's just bad luck. Uh, bad drafting. And bad drafting. That's <laughs> bad drafting, not bad trading. Yeah. Devin uh, goes on to say, closing my eyes, hearing you sing for a millisecond, it was channeling Christopher Plummer as Captain Von Trapp in Sound of Music. I don't know. I don't get that reference. Idle Vice? I don't know. Not my thing. And I will not be singing regularly. Trust me. 
The Leafs will demolish the Jets. And thank you for being a truth teller on this show and your blog. Have a great day. Devin and Regina working in Saskatoon this week. Great show. John in Edmonton's got a lot to say for himself today here in the second half kickoff. He says, for all the young fans in Edmonton, it was Taylor Hall being traded. Well, Taylor Hall's on his fourth team. <laughs> Mind you, Gretzky went on to the Blues and the Rangers after that too, but <laughs> Taylor didn't do what Gretzky yeah, did. Not first. the same, not the same. Although he would fly with Dreisaitl, McDavid, Yamamoto. Yeah. That would be fun to watch. Um, Jason and Red Deer makes a really good point. He says Henry Burris to the Stampeders, but he wasn't, it was not a trade. He signed as a free agent. There should be a 30 for 30 documentary on that. I know. I know the whole story about it, and Henry... Uh, He waited too long to tell the story. I said, Hank, nobody cares anymore. John says, CFL's return to play committee being headed by the top doc behind the NHL bubble. Dr. Duran Nadeau is the orders team doctor, but he also heads up the Edmonton CFL team's medical staff. And he also was the head of the NHL's hub city bubble back in the spring when the Stanley Cup was awarded in Edmonton. Thank you, John, for pointing that out. I want to say something. It goes back to yesterday's International Women's Day. Um... I went to CFL.ca, and there's all these articles on women's impact in the Canadian Football League, uh, podcast interviews, and I think the thing that what people are saying about all this, and my phone went off yesterday, but the back and forth that Claire and I had yesterday, too, was I didn't see zero coverage, no coverage, nothing, not a word about the Mexican combines on the weekend that the CFL held. And we found out from the Mexican reporter, Armando, that the CFL coaches participated via Zoom from Canada. Just where's the coverage on that? I think what we're saying is there's no problem with you advancing the movement of women in sports. Nobody's got a problem with that. But can you please cover the stuff that's going on that pertains to your actual league? And I said to Darren, I'm having PTSD flashbacks to two years ago when I just wanted to walk away from this business going, it's not what it was anymore. Like, I don't want any part of this. And you said, and Paul, do what you do. Talk about what matters. Don't worry about all that other stuff. And as we sat in our morning meeting today, the old school stuff, because you can talk about inclusion, you can talk about diversity, I'm for all those things, but can you damn well please not forget about the fact that you play games? You agreed. I know. I mean, it's not that the other stuff isn't important, but don't forget about what you've been built on for the last hundred years. Yeah. And that's just, I'm just like, maybe I'm just a dinosaur and I don't belong in this business anymore because I just, nobody seems to see it the way that I do. But you say the, the viewers do. The viewers do, you know, and it's the details, right? It's yes. the details that matter, right? The little things, and they stack on top of each other to make really big things. So when you start missing all the little uh, bits and pieces, it ends up being a real big problem. Um, we got lots of time. I'm, like, I'm liking how we changed the second half kickoff here into whatever this is, this dog's breakfast of sports talk right here. Yeah. And Brian Munn's coming up, but John Schmeiser is watching in Kansas City, Missouri. He says, I didn't know the story with Bernie Lynch. I remember him when he was in Humboldt. Pretty scary stuff. I think <laughs> I was on the phone for three hours yesterday afternoon. My wife come to, I called it supper time because she's out of town. And I said, you called me just in time. I'm just about to turn my phone off because I've been on the phone all afternoon. And this is heavy, heavy stuff that we're dealing here with, with the Bernie Lynch thing. And, yeah, the Humboldt stuff, that was before he even coached with the Regina Pats. Heavy stuff. But it's coming out. Tip of the iceberg stuff. Mm -hmm. Jeff in the zone says, Rod and Kevin, how about, sorry, Rod and Darren, how about the Kevin trade to Toronto from Saskatchewan Rough Riders? He lost us on that, right? He lost us. You don't know what he's talking about. Glenn? Kevin Glenn. Did he get traded to Toronto from think. Saskatchewan? Which time? Yeah. Kevin. Uh, Don Mitchell says 50% of the population is female. If they started watching women's sports instead of men's sports, then for sure the networks would notice. I don't know about that. I saw the documentary. 
I mean, while we watch so much stuff, I think it was on TSN that said 48% of the NFL's fan base is female. I remember when I worked with the Rough Riders, we did, when Facebook really first came out, and we looked at the analytics and we're like, 50% of Rough Rider fans are female. Huh? What? We just, you assumed it was men. But now we have the data and the analytics to prove these things. I guess we should have always known. Look at the look in the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems kind of 50-50. Right. But you never really think about those things until you got the hard data. But not to throw you under the bus here, but let's remember you brought up WTSN back in the day, right? It was part of the cable package. Right. It didn't last. Like, I mean, did it last a year? That's right. It was for female sports. Why is it not on the air anymore? Didn't have enough viewers. Didn't have enough viewers. Didn't make enough money. You know, um, it comes back down to telling the stories. Telling the stories will draw interest. It really will. Chris Bird in Toronto says, for people to start watching women's sports, they have to be on TV. Right now, the NWHL can't get a sniff from Canadian broadcasters. But that's my point. They had the WTSN, and it didn't last because there weren't viewers. Um, If I may? Yeah. For the NWHL, it doesn't start with the networks. It starts with the NWHL. Yeah, the they marketing. Get, they put in the work to tell the stories. Not, not marketing in terms of letting people know your games are on. That's elementary. The marketing of letting people know who's on these teams. Tell me their stories. Give me a reason to watch. And then I'm going to be drawn to it. And then the networks are going to see that we're drawn to these stories and going to want to put them on the air. Right? And then it's a snowball. And the more you keep telling the stories and keep us drawn in the more likely we are to watch. I think it's a topic that people really love because we're sitting here talking sports every day and our, what should I say, our viewership is split. We have 38% female viewership here. That's not bad. But I was thinking about this. I'm watching um, highlights of the female hockey. Some of it's very good and very fast. It's come a long, long way from what it was. But then I think about the guys that want us to do senior hockey coverage Actually, not even senior. Rec hockey coverage. Hey, Rod, can you do a story on our adult safe league team? Can you read our standings? No, because nobody cares but you. It's not entertaining to me. That's men playing rec hockey. Or men playing flag football isn't something that's caught on because people don't care to watch that. So it's about entertainment. The fan-controlled football league is an absolute grease fire, and I can't get enough of it. I know. You know, and by the way, Curling Zone writes in and says, thank you for the curling coverage, and thank you guys. They're good buddies with the guys back here, right, Curling Zone? Oh, yeah. And our coverage is brought to you by Verge Agriculture, but somebody said yesterday the women's curling is more entertaining than the men's. We've known that for years. We've known that for years. The rating's better for women's curling, and it's not just about the tight pants. It's... More strategy. It's not guys rocking it, firing the, the rock through the house. Mind you, Matt Dunstone's draw to the button last night was pretty nice. But more something blankets. about feet. Well, we know you either love Jennifer Jones or you love Dave Jennifer Jones. But that's the story. That's the idea. That's the story. Like, you know, look at how we create movies and television shows. There's a villain. There's a hero. That stuff matters in real life for sports. It, <laughs> yes, does. it does. And when we're watching curling, watching the Briar... We know everything about every one of those curlers, from the lead to the second, the right. third, the skip. We know them all, where they're from, what the storylines of what teams they've played with. We know Ben Hebert's story. You know, we know Kevin Cooey's. We know Wayne Madaw, who used to curl and have success years ago. Now he's back. It's all these stories. And he's a jerk. The storylines, right? <laughs> your your Allegedly. isn't getting enough coverage because you don't have juicy storylines. Uh, exactly. Munzee coming up, uh, this has been the second half kickoff, and it has been uh, explosive. Mm-hmm. You're watching on Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, uh, as well as live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you. 
We've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because <laughs> I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. <sighs> don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So what more do you want to know when you... When you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti-shaving cream, you leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with a promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. I was just tweeting, how, how come I get beat for being a Cowboys fan? What part of five Super Bowls don't people understand? I, I, I don't get it. We have a sports update coming up, a draw update from the morning action at the Briar. But I'm very interested in bringing our good and longtime friend Brian Munz in from the Manitoba capital. How you doing today, Munzee? But what have the Cowboys done for you lately, Rod? Doesn't matter. Five Super Bowls, man. Who's your <laughs> NFL team? You know what? I honestly don't have one. I used to be a big Dolphins fan when Dan Marino was there. But then since he's retired, I'm just a fan of the game. And during the hockey season, I never really had time to watch unless we were on the road. And you had the afternoon and maybe a Sunday game uh, later on that night. But for the most part, I just like watching lots of games. Well, and for me now, too, it's kind of who's calling the games, right? Because I've got to know a few of them and that kind of thing. So that probably adds a little bit to it. But I'm just a fan of the NFL. It's totally cool and fine. But Paul McCallum's brother, Rob, was needling me the other day. He's a Steelers fan. It was all the same thing that you're just saying. I'm like, I've been a fan of theirs yeah. since 1991. I'm not giving up now. So anyways, that's my that's my take on that. And it's but you've just, got your quarterback. They got a quarterback. It's a great city, as you know. America's team, America's stadium. Yeah. Now, before we tee up the Jets and the Leafs tonight, which is what I primarily brought you on for, you worked in Edmonton for a long time. You got great roots there. And the tweet from our betting partner today was, uh, what trade could you reverse if you could? And if you had the ability. And I said, Wayne Gretzky, August 9th, 1988. Saw that. Brandon Crow, the voice of the Week King, says you wouldn't have your beloved Golden Knights if Gretzky didn't go down and ignite hockey down there. Munzee, you can't miss what you never had. I'd have preferred Gretzky had stayed in Edmonton. They won eight Stanley Cups, so I would have never cared about the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's my take on that. But can you speak? They're still hurting in Edmonton over that trade, are they not? Well, it's been a while since I've been removed from there, too. I think the guy wearing 97 and 29 now, both of them, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, maybe have lessened it a little bit. But there's no question that you look at the legends of those teams that were able to win so many cups in such a short period of time that those guys are gods in Edmonton, and rightfully so. So, but I kind of agree with Brandon to be and hmm. boy that's tough for me to say too <laughs> but overall though when you think of the fact that what Wayne Gretzky did when he went to Los Angeles is he really made it fun he made it a cool thing to do to go to Los Angeles Kings games like you remember back and I think we've all done it now during the pandemic watching the old reruns on TSN or Hockey Day in Canada you know the NHL network for those of us that are lucky to be able to get a little bit of that from the United States when they replay so many of those games, you know, that it was cool to see the John Candies and the big stars going to the old Great Western Forum at that point. And, 
you know, I will say now that having a chance, you know, we talk about Dallas with your Cowboys, but, you know, from the Stars, from the Arizona Coyotes, the two teams in Florida, obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning have had so much success, most recently winning a Stanley Cup. He mentioned, uh, you know, the other California teams too. And then the Vegas Golden Knights, who are the newest team until Seattle comes in here coming up next year, that uh, 99 had a lot to do with that to make NHL hockey fun south of the border. Sure, but it's not Edmonton Oilers fans' responsibility to market the game of hockey. It's Edmonton's job to win Stanley Cups. So I'm looking at it from an Edmonton perspective, that's all. But, uh, hey, Brandon Crow's a great guy, and um, you both, I'll give you the opportunity to be wrong. But Munzee, what trade would you reverse? <laughs> what trade would you reverse if you could go back in time? Ooh. Any sport. Any sport. Well, that's a tough one now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can think of one off the top of my head that really broke my heart. Like, I'm trying to even think when I when I was a younger guy in Saskatchewan, was there a, a Regina Pat when I was growing up that got traded? <laughs> oh. Well, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Hey. I'm going to have this... to get back to you on that one. Well, here's a good segue. It's not the line okay. A trade. Uh, right, you wouldn't reverse that. Maybe it's the line A trade right there. Well, uh, Luke- well, yep. He would have because you and I had this conversation the day that the trade was made. I jumped on Instagram with you and we talked about it. And you know, Patrick was uh, such an exciting young player coming into Winnipeg. The Jets had won the draft. They were able to move up to the number two spot, lit the league on fire. Now, obviously, he's working on his defensive game, and John Tortorella talked about that as recently as the last 24 hours with Bob McGilligan on uh, the Blue Jackets feed. So, you know, he's still learning to be an all-round player, but there's no question the superstardom of Patrick Laine is something that uh, is being missed here in Winnipeg. But in saying that, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been a tremendous ad. So Kevin Sheveldayoff made the best hockey trade that he had to at the time because it was two players that weren't fitting into their respective organizations anymore. But, uh, yeah, it was too bad to see that happen, but it had to have happened. had to have happened. Well, I'll talk about tonight's game in a moment, but Jason in Red Deer says, but it's Edmonton Oilers' job to market the Edmonton Oilers, and that goes hand-in-hand with the game they play. No, I I can't. How do you spell marketing, Munzee? You've been in it your whole life. How do you spell marketing? W-I-W-I-N. They don't. That's all the marketing <laughs> that they needed yeah. to do. Anyway, sorry to get off topic there, but that's all good. With the Jets getting blown up in Montreal the other night, I really noticed some red flags get raised in Winnipeg over that amongst the fan base. I don't know how much with the team. I saw Blake Wheeler say we just got to forget it and move on as fast as possible. But how big of a red flag should it have been for this team? I don't think it was really big. I think, and I agree with Blake in that point. I think it's one of the games you just kind of throw away and and forget about. And each team has two or three of those a year. Maybe it's because we're in Canada right now. Everything is so super sensitive with the seven Canadian clubs. Nothing is missed because that's what we do in Canada. We all dissect every second of the game that's being played. And when you have every player on your team, as Paul Maurice pointed out after the game, there was a minus and you have both goaltenders play in the game, uh, everybody got a piece of that loss. But I think overall coming into the game in Toronto here tonight, Leafs lost their last game as well. So two of the top three teams right now, and you're talking a lot about Edmonton, the Oilers snuck into the number two spot with their win last night, that uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game, how it's played tonight in Toronto between the Jets and Maple Leafs. And I think that's added to the excitement. I was on the Jets Zoom call here over the last hour, and Everybody seems really intrigued to get back on the ice, and no one was really even talking about the Montreal game anymore. So I think it was the quick flush of the minds and then a chance to move forward because if you kind of dwell and sorrow on what's happened in the past, it's like golf. If you worry about your last shot, it's going to take out the rest of your round. And for the Jets now, they've got three straight games coming up against the number one team in Canada. Statistically, that's where the Leafs sit. So they're the measuring stick team coming in here tonight. Well, it's uh, Tuesday, and that game was three days ago. So for sure they had to move on. But um, 
and fast. But I'm looking at the, the preview here tonight. Jets 15-8-1, second in the north. Toronto 18-6-2, uh, first in the north. Are we, are we calling this a playoff preview? Does that, uh, does that tickle your fancy? It is the two best teams in the division. I mean, how much does tonight's game tell you about each team, do you think? Well, it might be a round two preview. I don't know if we'd see them play in the first round because I think the Leafs, well, let's see what happens here, right? Winnipeg's got game in hand on, uh, they got two on Toronto. I think they've got three on Edmonton right now who are a point ahead of them. So the games in hand do come into play, but the fact that they're four-point games all the way through make it really intriguing. And the fact, too, that Paul Maurice and Sheldon Keefe both said they will use the exact same lineups that uh, are respectively coming off losses have them both wanting to move things here in the right direction. So to answer your question, I don't know if I would necessarily say, Roddy, that it's a first-round playoff preview, but I think it's something we will see because I truly believe both the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs will be in the playoffs by the time we get there in about nine weeks. Yes, that's a long way off, right? I don't think we're officially even at the halfway mark, but very close. Uh, hey, people, bring in your comments for Munzee here because uh, he can answer your Jets questions. Jeff in Winnipeg, Jeff Cabela says, mm -hmm. erase that game from the mind. And, and they have Mark Zosel, who is in Melfort. It's a town I think you know. He says, what is the I biggest... Do. What is the biggest need for the Jets right now, Munzee? Oh, I would say if they could add one more, and 31 teams will want to do this right now, but if you could add one more veteran defenseman, I think they are fantastic all the way through. Derek Forbert and Neil Pionk have been a tremendous pair all year. Tucker Pullman's been in and out of the lineup either due to injury or, or COVID, so he's up on that top pairing now with Josh Morrissey. If you could have Pullman in your 5-6 and you could have somebody else on the right side with Josh, I think that gives them a fantastic one through four that uh, they could then go up against anybody in the league with for a seven-game series because I think anybody that's watched the Winnipeg Jets now with uh, the addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois in that second center ice position, Paul Stasny over on the left wing, the depth they have in their bottom six and the reigning Vesna Trophy winner in net that the Jets have the forwards, they have the goalie. If they could get one more defenseman, this club will be something to uh, be very wary about when the Stanley Cup playoffs get there for sure. Uh, what about Tony D'Angelo? Where are you on... There, there's a veteran defenseman that could be had for basically nothing. Is there any talk about yeah. that? No, there hasn't really been in town that I've heard. And uh, I, I just think because there's so much chatter about him... And because the way teams are with, with how they're built and what kind of what's inside their room, I don't know if the Jets would go down that road. I haven't talked to Kevin Chevaldeoff about it or anybody in their organization specifically on him. But uh, I think it is going to be intriguing here over the next few weeks as to how teams are doing. And then don't forget you've got the whole quarantine scenario too where it takes some time to get players into your organization like we've seen already with Pierre-Luc Dubois. But it would surprise me if D'Angelo was a Jet, that's for sure. Great questions coming in, by the way, Munzee, from John Ohm in Winnipeg. Ohm. Can't wait for tonight's game. Brian, should the Jets play the backup goalie more? Thoughts? Before he jumps in, I think they're playing it just right. We see Laurent Brossois. I don't know what the rotation is. One out of every five games. Maybe one out of four. It seems to be working. Uh, how do you feel about the rotation? Yeah. I like the rotation where it is right now, but Lauren Brossois has given Paul Maurice every opportunity to play him when he feels he needs Connor Hellebuck to get a break. And You want your goalie, obviously your number one guy, and we're talking about Hellebuck right here, to be in the rhythm. And the way the schedule has worked out this year, like I was thinking about this this morning. I miss watching Tyler Sagan with the Dallas Stars. I miss the matchups against the Nashville Predators right now. I miss Nathan McKinnon and and Colorado and all the teams we're used to seeing in the central division. But with the two and the three and the sometimes the four games that uh, teams are playing right now here in the Scotia North division, I think it's really been able to settle down that rotation of net miners where you have a pretty good idea where each guy is going to play. And as we've seen this year, and especially against the Vancouver Canucks, Lauren Brossois has been fantastic. So I don't think there's any hesitation at all right now as to when you play LB. 
I think uh, Wade Flaherty's done a fantastic job in kind of setting the table here for both guys to have a lot of success. And lastly, from Braden Cobb, how do they justify playing Bolio over Logan Stanley? Well, that's a conversation we can have for the next month if you want it, because at the end of the day, I guess the short answer for me right now is Bolio's the veteran. He adds that presence of physicality in there. And yeah, he had a tough game. Like when he was minus four against Montreal, I was saying this, I think Sarah Oleski and I were talking about it yesterday. Like when he went to dash three, I'm sitting there watching on my couch. I'm like, oh, like poor guy. Like this, this is just not your night, but it wasn't anybody's night overall for Winnipeg. So I think you still continue to keep Nate in there, but there's no question that coming up in the foreseeable future here, I think you're going to see Logan Stanley get in because he, didn't hurt himself at all. He played some really good hockey for the Jets when he was in. And I think that uh, same kind of situation goes for Billy Hanela too, where you want a chance for these young guys to get more NHL play, but also the schedule kind of hurts them where it's compressed this year and you need your veteran players in there to uh, make a mark for you as much as you can. Trish Hagee watching, she says, yes, I miss the Central Division. Can we please... Not complain and think about and ruminate on what we're missing and celebrate ruminate. what we have. Good word. Thank you. It took me a while. Let's <laughs> celebrate what we have. I, this is exciting. It will come back. Yes, I'm lastly, Munzi? I'm, I'm still trying to think of that uh, guy that I was devastated that he got traded over. I just ah, don't have me. one that's coming to mind. It's, it, I will text you before the show ends. Well, I oh, guess, and that's not it. necessarily the question. The question is, if you could go back and reverse one trade, what would it be? Not, yeah. you know, not that it was a bad trade or it was a hero that went away, whatever it is. For me, the first thing in my mind was Wayne Gretzky, and I'm not moving off it, August 9th, 1988. And I'll say it again. Another recovery saying, you can't miss what you never had. I don't care about the Vegas Golden Knights. If Wayne had stayed in Edmonton, they'd have won eight Stanley Cups. And hey, what the hell? We're rocking and rolling. <laughs> okay, Munzee, thanks. But then, if, doing... but then if if he wouldn't have went uh, to the States, you wouldn't add Vegas, and you wouldn't add your trips down to Vegas right now. So... That's what crows at Vegas isn't going anywhere. <laughs> it's all no, good. <laughs> all right. And here Thank comes you. Seattle, too. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Munzee, we got to do this again soon. Take care, Roddy, anytime. The great Brian Munns uh, joining us from the Manitoba Capitol. We'll be right back with a sports update, and we got to re-up the quick six. Chris Jones is going back to school. we got to talk about that. Obviously, America's team is going to win the Super Bowl this year. We'll tell you why. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. All right, welcome back, everybody. We got a sports update coming up. Some uh, viewer comments. How about this one coming in? Samokin from Manitoba from the 204. Anonymous writer. Come on, man. You lost it yesterday. Soccer and tennis are great sports. Vegas Golden Knights are not, not Canada's team. It might be your show, but don't be so arrogant. I had to stop watching. I'm done. I PVR'd your show every day. No more. Thought you were the real deal, Rod. By the way, the guest the other day does not come close to Sarah Orleski. See you. Thanks for the good memories. Stay calm. No signature. <laughs> really? But what you don't understand is this, is this draws energy to me. The hate. This is what keeps me going. This is what motivates me. When it's all sunshine and lollipops, I'm like the Wicked Witch in the West. I'm melting. <laughs> a guy like that just keeps me going. All of a sudden, we're back. So I'm, yeah, I know. <sighs> it's like an extrovert draws energy from other people around them. When I get to hate it, 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 it enlivens me. So thank you. I thought you were real, the guy says. Assuming it's a guy. I don't know. It's very non-inclusive for me to assume that it's a guy. Might be a female. 
Very interesting. I know, but me coming on here and ranting and raving every day and giving my thoughts, that's as real as it gets, dude. Which, which reminds me, we need to go back to the Apple podcast reviews. I know. And get some more uh, hate. some more hate or some more reviews in there. So, you know, subscribe on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, but subscribe on Apple and leave us a review on that podcast because we want to read those reviews on the air, good or bad. Yes. We'll read the reviews on the we'll air. We'll read them all. Yeah. A lot of people would only read you the good reviews, but we like the, the bad ones the most. Drew Koser from Saskatchewan's number one hockey podcast, Off the Hosel. Drew says, Munzee, me and you versus Dupes and Roddy this summer in golf. I don't think I can do that. I don't, think I, don't I, can. I wouldn't drag you down. I was going to say, I don't think I can do no, that. No, sorry. I'm not good. I only golf with my wife. Sorry. Take Clark. Like Munzee golfs every day. No, I, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> you can say thanks. It's okay. I appreciate it. That's well, a good teammate, right? The Winnipeg Jets and Toronto Maple Leafs open an important three-game set at Scotiabank Arena tonight. Toronto still sits comfortably in first place in the North Division, seven points up on third place Winnipeg. But the Jets can tighten that up quickly this week and also have two games in hand. TSN 3's got it tonight. Glenn Godden scored his first goal of the season 34 seconds into overtime of the Stockton Heat. Edge the Manitoba Moose 6-5 Monday night in American Hockey League play. Alex Petrovic hit a goal and three helpers pushed Stockton's win streak to six games after starting the year with back-to-back losses. Nathan Todd had two goals and an assist for the Moose, while Harold's Egel, Jeff Mallott, and C.J. Cease also found the back of the net. The people in Winnipeg, because we're very big in Winnipeg, say it's not Seuss. It's not C.J. Seuss. Like Dr. Seuss? That'd be cooler. It's Cease. By the way, if you were believing what that doctor was saying, Dr. Seuss, you got bigger problems than we thought. He's all under fire this week. Mm. He's a cat in a hat, and he eats green eggs and ham. Why would you put any thought into anything that he says? Why is he under fire? What a world that we live in. I know. Wild. Like, wild. Stop the world. I want to get off. Yeah. Philip Gustafson made 18 saves, and the Belleville Senators blanked the Lavelle Rocket. 3-0 on Monday. Gustafson's second career shutout helped Belleville halt its four-game slide. Alex Fermentin, Igor Sokolov, and Logan Shaw supplied the goals for the Senators, while Parker Kelly tacked on two assists. Caden Primo. The future increase for the Montreal Canadiens stopped 25 to 28 for the Rocket. I'm telling you, what we're doing here by reading CHL and AHL scores is not reinventing the wheel. I'll say it again. It's what TSN used to do 30 years ago. Now we're doing it. Worked for them. Uh, yeah, I'd say. Lefty, it's what made us fall in love with the network. Lefty Stephen Motts is scheduled to start today for the Blue Jays when they host the Philadelphia Phillies in Grapefruit League play in Dunedin, Florida, Toronto, had the day off Monday following Sunday's 5-1 loss to the Detroit Tigers. The Jays 4-3-1 so far in spring training. And NFL teams have until 4 p.m. Eastern today to use their franchise tag on a pending free agent. The New York Jets are reportedly placing their franchise tag on safety. Marcus May, the move is expected and prevents May from becoming an unrestricted free agent when the new league year starts on March 17th. The sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new Almond Mocha. RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. We'll be back with overtime and the final viewer takeover right after this break. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Uh, and Moose DuPont and the entire crew. Look, I was just on a Zoom call for Cameron Hughes, the first double ever professional fan. You know, the dancer crazy guy has been on this show a few times. But I had to go out of the Zoom meeting, Darren, because I, I can't turn the audio completely off. But Crazy George is in the birthday. We were told hockey, former Hockey Canada president, now Edmonton Oilers president Bob Nicholson's in this Zoom call. Birthday for Cameron Hughes. Amazing. You were on it for a while for there. For a second, I made a cameo. In the break. But we're sorry, we're on the air, Cam. Who throws birthday parties in the middle of the day? What's wrong with you? The Sports on Tap portion of this program is brought to you by the Tap Brewhouse and Liquor Store. What did we always tell you about the Tap Brewhouse and Liquor Store? Here it is. They're now open for dine-in or pickup. The liquor store drive through is open. Plus, you may also shop inside. Please follow social distancing guidelines and help everyone stay safe. Uh, so here's what's on tap tonight. In the NHL, three, five, nine games. We already previewed the Jets and the Leafs. Uh, that's the only Canadian game going tonight, interestingly enough. American Hockey League, San Diego's at San Jose. Uh, Major League Baseball, we just mentioned it's the Phillies and the Blue Jays, and I don't know if there's any broadcast of that or not. Viewer John in Edmonton just wrote in every baseball game under the sun and their broadcast information, but she doesn't help us here right now. No. Uh, James in Borden, Manitoba says, I love that you do the AHL update. When we lost the Jets, I fell in love with the AHL. Great hockey. I was so happy when the Jets brought the moose back. It is tremendous hockey. Doesn't get its due. Although I will give TSN some credit. Seems like they get it banged on a lot in this country. Deservedly or not, Bob Irving really gave it to him last week, right? Oh, yeah. On the CFL coverage. But the other night, they had on a game from Laval and was it Belleville? Whatever it was, I stopped and watched it for a while. Chris Robinson's watching in southern Ontario. He says, I hate that Belleville gets hockey in Ontario right now. Bring back the OHL. Darn it. I want to watch Steve Wright kill it. For our Shane Wright, kill it for the front and act. He's another exceptional player, Shane Wright. And we have ours in our own backyard here in the Holy Child, Connor Bedard. I thought you were going to say Braden Yeager. That's Moose Jaws, <laughs> Wonder Boy. We got the Wonder Boy and the Holy Child. It's going to be great. A lot of interesting topics coming up today, dupes. Out of the blue, right? You, don't, oh, you, yeah. really, you never really know how the show's going to go. That's right. That's the fun thing. I guarantee the viewers don't know the next thing out of my mouth. I can guarantee that you don't know the next thing out of my mouth because I don't know the next thing out of my mouth. How could you? That's what makes it so fun. I know. So we talked about the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, and uh, Greg Clevgard says the reason why some fans don't fancy the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, is the owner's antics, Jared Jones. He always thinks money can solve the team's performance problems. Uh, newsflash, most owners do. Dallas Cowboys are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL, right? Won a few, champi- I, I, won a few I, championships, I, by no means have ours, won the most. Ours came in the color television era. Still, I'll just put that out there. Okay. But, you know, all of them for sure. But maybe you know, they're the Leafs. Maybe, you know, worth one of the one of the most uh, valuable franchises in, in pro sports and in their respective sport. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. And because of the all the coverage the Cowboys get, all the coverage the Leafs get, it's very, it's very, very similar. And so when a team has having success, has financial success, gets all the attention, is constantly looked at as and propped up then everybody else wants to hate on them. Everybody hates a the little, Leafs fan base right now. Everybody hates the Cowboys uh, fan I, I, base. I guess so, but I'm not jealous of the Leafs at all. I think there's some jealousy with the Dallas Cowboys. I've seen them win a championship in my lifetime. You haven't. Jay Bockhart's watching on YouTube. Jay Bockhart, he says, Connor Bedard, a BC boy. Indeed he is. West Vancouver. John in Edmonton, John Kirby, asks a very good question. He says, why can't the CEBL and the CPL get media attention? And 
I think that maybe I'll write my university thesis on this, Darren, because I know a little bit about the media. I've written two best-selling books, been the voice of a pro football team for 20-plus year, 20 years. Look, with all these cuts in media, and it's not just Bell. Sportsnet, Rogers did it last year. Um, Chorus, right? Shaw. Shaw! There's a great example. Oh, yeah. All these companies that have cut, cut, cut. Post-media, newspapers were doing it forever. Why can't they get media attention? Because there's about 25% of the media now that there was five years ago. There's nobody to cover it. So these leagues need to put the work into their own product vis-a-vis their own websites, their own social media. They need to be in the media's face, and they're not. I'm not talking about these leagues specifically, but leagues sit back and just whine. Oh, why aren't they covering us? Did you send them an email? Did you make a phone call? No, you didn't. You just want to sit around and complain. CEBL's not that. They're tremendous. Single ownership. When that summer series was going on last year, I emailed their PR person. I said, this is NBA, NFL caliber media relations here. Right? With the graphics. They're like, use all our photos. Use them. Not like the leagues that sit and fight and say, you can't use that. Can't use that. No, 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 no. So the leagues, in a lot of ways, are their own worst enemy for making it hard to cover. That's right. And that's why I said I missed the hockey news. I put that in my 10 things column on the weekend. And somebody actually said the hockey news is still being printed. I didn't know that. It's actually Nugsy. But when you can go to the websites and get all the information and all the top scores in the ECHL or the AHL, you don't really need a hockey news anymore. But put some money into your production on streaming. Put some money into your product. Anyways, I got, we got a minute. What's your take on all this? No, it's true. And the CEBL is doing everything right. And they'll get that national media attention in a couple of years once we're more familiar with their names. When you consider it a coffee table discussion or go into a media newsroom and they can't name 10 players in the league, that's why they're not covering them. Mm-hmm. How much did you say, Clark? Uh, Jason and Red Deer, thank you for the live on the spot reporting from Flames practice. Many tweets about Daryl Sutter bag skating the Flames. <sighs> Setting the tone. Way to go, Daryl. How to win friends and influence people. Day one. Guys, leave your sticks in the dressing room. <laughs> How to win friends <laughs> yeah. influence people. Tomorrow, Ron Duguay and Devin Neru. Talking uh, Briar, of course, with Devin and New York Rangers with Ron Duque and whatever else comes up. Thanks to Leah Routon and Munzee. And uh, for you for tuning in, we'll see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central and New Eastern right here on Game Plus. Don't throw your phone. Angering people is a gift of mine. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.